We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Alongside me, Chris Biederman, Ohio State alum. And it's still Super Bowl week, which is cranking out content. We got uh, a bunch of Super Bowl questions for you that we have haphazardly written down and we'll just go through in order so you can see how our stream of consciousness worked. We got rid of some questions that we were writing as jokes to each other in the doc because we're just uh, pals that like to do little jokes like that. <laughs> before before we get in <laughs> before we get into our burning Super Bowl questions, Let's talk about our friends over at Lamb Chops, the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. SGLambchops.com is the website, and it is the preferred clothing brand of both me and Chris. It's delightful. As always, I think it's mandatory when I record podcasts from the home studio. Uh, I am in Lamb Chops. In warmer days, uh, I'll wear the sweat shorts. Extremely comfortable, soft, warm, zippered pockets, of course. Cooler days, uh, you got the the sweatpants with the the elastic end on the, make, making them joggers, um, just extremely comfortable. Great for travel. Um, the the ash gray hoodie is a favorite. I wear it on this podcast frequently, um, not at the moment, but uh, always always one of my favorites in the rotation. The Shout out to Lamb Chops and our friends over there. Promo code Candlestick twenty gets you twenty percent off your order today. Shorts, sweats, hoodies, whatever you want, they got it for you at lamb chops we're also sponsored by cooperage brewing we love cooperage candlestick chronicles hazy ipa it's my favorite beer followed very closely by keg slayer another delightful beer ipas pilsners oatmeal stouts double double west coast double west coast ipas Ah, double west coast ipas my buddy's kind of a beer snob, and he says that they're the best hazy IPAs he's had. Mm. I would agree. Uh, yeah, really, really good. I'm not a big hazy guy, and Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA is my favorite thing uh, to drink. You can get yours at cooperagebrewing.com. I actually think they're sold out right now of Candlestick Chronicles, which makes they sense are, given the whole Super Bowl thing. They and are people- out of stock on their website at the moment. People preparing for their Super Bowl parties, no doubt, have sold them out of Candlestick Chronicles. That's how it goes. Uh, And that's just how good it is. But luckily for you, dear listener, all of their beer is delightful. 
So get yours today at cooperagebrewing.com. That is one day shipping. So if you order it when you're listening to this, you should get it by Super Bowl. Assuming that you listen to this before like Saturday. So yeah. uh, this comes out Wednesday. If you order this Wednesday, you should have a case of Cooperage beer on your front on your front doorstep as long as you're 21 or over. And in the state of California, you sign for it and bang, you've got beer for your Super Bowl shindig, whatever it is. And if you um, if you want a hazy IPA but you can't get Candles to Chronicles hazy IPA, they have Sound is Vibration, which is another excellent, excellent hazy mm-hmm. and a Tommy Pastrami hazy four pack. Um, Galaxy and Simcoe hops in that one, seven percent HBV, and you got six point eight percent HBV in the Sound is Vibration. Uh, the Candy Crons at, at six point two with one hundred percent Citra hops. Um, so, you know, if you're going to get after it, get after it Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you'll have a little bit more HBVs at your disposal with those other ones. And the, uh, ABVs? the granddaddy Terp is 8.7%. So, hmm. Party if you're time. Really, if you're, if you're really just make sure you make, make sure you split that up with, uh, with, you know, a glass of water. Yeah. And call a lift or something. Yeah. Definitely don't drive. Obviously, as always. All right. Cooper's Brewing, coopersbrewing.com. Visit the brewery in Santa Rosa. Great place to watch a game. All right. Let's talk burning Super Bowl questions. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I kind of wish we had left our silly questions in here. We could ask him. No, that's cool. <laughs> no, they were, uh, that was a good time. But I think, I think the way we should do this is to just run through them in order instead of trying to have some kind of rhyme or reason. Sure. Okay, great. We'll start uh, with first one. Yeah, first one. Who's got more on the line, Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? Oh man. Uh, pro. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go with with Brock Purdy because yeah. Patrick Mahomes is stamped, right? He's certified. But with Purdy, there's not gonna be any. If they lose, there's not gonna be any. Well, I mean, look, Peyton Manning didn't win one in year until year nine. So he's got time, right? It's going to be, up. Oh, Niners can't win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Time to do something else. Wow, they messed up getting rid of Trey Lance. Oh, man, what did, what did, oh, the Niners, they've just, they've just botched this horribly. And I think that's going to be the prevailing thought if the 49ers lose. Whereas if, if the 49ers win, I don't think anybody's going to be calling for, for Patrick Mahomes uh, and saying that he shouldn't be the Chiefs quarterback and they'll never win another one. I agree with you. My answer would be Purdy because there is that chance, right? Like if he comes in and throws three picks and the Niners lose um, and then he comes out next season and his confidence is shaken and he's not the same quarterback, then there is an outside chance that the 49ers end up moving on sooner rather than later, right? Like there's still 
a chance that Brock Purdy is not the long-term guy. Patrick Mahomes already has that already has that long-term guy wrapped up. Like there, his right. future in Kansas city is not in question. It's just ultimately how long does he decide to continue playing? Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously is going to be a long time, but the case for saying Patrick Mahomes has more on the line here mm-hmm. is about the goat discussion, right? Because sure. Tom Brady won three in his first four years as the starter in new England. And if Mahomes wins this one, you can make a very strong case that this is the best what start to his career. He started he was he became the starter in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. So it'd be the best 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, the best six year start to any quarterback's career, really in, in line with Brady. Yeah. And statistically yeah. and and anecdotally, I think, you know, Brady was Brady early on in his career, people forget, was sort of the quote unquote game manager. He was not the um the guy who was, you know, lighting up lighting up the stat sheet. He was mm-hmm. he was a quarterback who helped his team win a bunch of games, but he was not a dude putting up elite numbers, nor did the eye test look anything like Mahomes, right? Mahomes like running around, making ridiculous throws, throwing left handed, all of these super memorable plays, you know dropping back an extra 15 yards on fourth and or third and 15 and finding Tyreek Hill um, to essentially swing momentum of the last time the the Chiefs played the Niners in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs first Super Bowl win. Um, So, yeah, like I think in in the short term, like Purdy absolutely has more to lose than Mahomes does. Because there's a world where, you know, he gets kind of Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers decide that, you know, maybe he regresses next year um, because his confidence is shot. And the 49ers ultimately don't have their franchise quarterback for the long term. And they mm-hmm. decide against giving Brock Purdy 40, 50 million dollars a year or whatever sure. it would be in a couple of years. Um, but when it comes to the conversation about the greatest quarterback of all time, I think Mahomes puts himself squarely in that conversation just because it would be, you know, the best start we've ever, the best first six years we've ever seen from a quarterback mm-hmm. if he comes away with his third title. Yeah. The other, the other thing for, for Purdy that's on the line, I, I agree with, with what you're saying about, about Mahomes. Also, you don't want to be the guy that lost to Brock Purdy in the, in the Super Bowl. Um, but on the other hand, with with Purdy, and I think why there's a lot on the line for him, is he got hurt in the NFC title game last year, but then came in this year, did not play well against Green Bay, and then outside of the the a couple of scrambles against Detroit, wasn't wasn't particularly awesome in that game. Yeah, and once you include like he wasn't very good in the first half against Seattle in in the in their in his playoff debut last year he really struggled with the entire team I, I think struggled against against Dallas and then he got hurt in the NFC title game like he's he's putting together a, a not a not a bad track record track record in the playoffs by any means I mean he's four and one as a starter so he hasn't been that bad but if he goes out and doesn't play well in the Super Bowl he has way more quarters of not playing well in the playoffs than than playing well so uh, that's another kind of, I think, underlying thing here for for him on Sunday. Yeah, I would agree. And and, it, and again, like my opinion is that 
Kyle Shanahan loves this guy. Like, dude, he was, did you hear him talking about him? (laughs) Yeah. Like Kyle Shanahan loves this guy and it does not. um, He was even talking today. I saw a clip about how much more confident he is as a play caller and how much more aggressive he is as a play caller Mm. and mentioned that, you know, his, his aggression as a play caller ebbs and flows depending on his players and, you know, we've heard him allude to that a little bit in the past, but not really say it so cut and dry. And the first thing I thought of when I heard him say that today, uh, and we're recording this Tuesday, was like Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it, you know, Kyle Shanahan at the time after the NFC title game when Jimmy Garoppolo had, what, eight pass attempts, yeah, said the, the running game was working. Why wouldn't we go away from it? Or why <laughs> would we go away from it? And now, like in hindsight, now that he's further away from it and he doesn't have to, you know, say anything that doesn't hurt Jimmy Garoppolo's feelings, he can be honest and say, no, I just really didn't trust Jimmy at that point, mm-hmm. given, you know, how Jimmy was prone to throwing terrible interceptions in, in bad moments and was ultimately like a, a huge reason the 49ers wanted to move on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Purdy... Purdy has unlocked a, a level of confidence that Shanahan hasn't had really with any other 49ers quarterback. And so to me, like, I don't think no matter what happens, like I think if Purdy, if Purdy came in and had the same game that he had against Baltimore, like he's still the Niners starter next year. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that like his, you know, like Sam Darnold's going to be competing for him or with him for the starting job next year. I don't, I don't think that's, that's going to be a scenario that that plays out, but what it does do is it might be the first domino in the series of dominoes that ultimately leads to the 49ers deciding that man, they, they need to, they need an upgrade and not because mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is incapable of playing well or losing in the Super Bowl means he's not the guy. Right. But if it sows doubt in Purdy's mind and kills his confidence, then that will be the moment that we all look back to sort of like, like I, I, in hindsight, now that the Jimmy Garoppolo era has, has come and gone with the 49ers. I do think him tearing his ACL was sort of that first moment where it was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really think he's the guy. Right. Because before that, because before that he was, he was the playmaker. He was nimble in the pocket. He was really good at evading pass rushers gunslinger like played freed and loose and then once he came back from the knee injury it was very clear even in 2019 he had a great year and the Niners went to the Super Bowl but he was very clearly to me a different player it wasn't you mean not not the act of getting hurt but the player he became after that yeah like the player he became after sure like like if the if if Brock comes in and throws four interceptions and the Niners lose Mm -hmm. I think that's the similarity is the fact that that was the first moment that led to other moments in the 49ers realizing that this, this dude probably is not it and they yeah. got to move on. But I think that's, I still think that's unlikely because I I'm a believer that even if Brock does throw four picks, he'll come back next year and lead the league in yards per attempt and passer rating and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't believe that like, it felt like when, they lost in the Super Bowl behind Jimmy Garoppolo. That the way that game went down at the end, 
and I watched it. I, I watched it back the other day, and there were just multiple opportunities for him to make plays, and he didn't. And it felt like after that Super Bowl, it was like, oh, can they do this with Garoppolo? Is he good enough to go up against? Like their defense played about as well as it can play, and the offense just couldn't get over that hump. <laughs> I went and looked this up. I think it started in the Vikings game because he threw that pick at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, he threw six passes. And then in the NFC Championship game, like you just mentioned, he threw eight. That's 14 passes across six quarters of football. Yeah. That's that's definitely where that started. And then, like I said, you got to the Super Bowl. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case with Purdy just because we have we've seen... I think a better version of Brock Purdy over the last couple of years than we really ever saw of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's necessarily they lose the Super Bowl and and it and he's out. But I I do think that that seed of doubt gets planted in a way that it hasn't had a chance to yet. If yeah. Because even like when he's had bad games, like you know he could always come back from the cleveland game like that was you're allowed bad sure. games during the regular mm-hmm. season against great defenses and terrible weather and even the packers playoff game it was like we can talk about the rain and you know losing debo samuel and and that type of stuff um i don't know that you can come back from a bad performance in a super bowl in the same way and like the baltimore game was like yeah it was it was one game it was christmas like it was mm-hmm. um you know, so That's you crazy. can come Remember back from a regular won the Super Bowl that night. Right. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. He did. He definitely did that. Which we'll find and then out. Won the Super Bowl. Crazy. Um, I'm going to ask you this next one because I'm not 100% sure what it means. Okay. Is Kyle Shanahan going to suffer from Andy Reid syndrome? Please. Explain. So remember, remember Andy Reid in Philadelphia was always like, yeah, hey, he's a great coach, but he just he goes all these nfc championship games and went to the super bowl and uh was it multiple super bowls or just one i forget just one just one um but couldn't win the big one and then he ended up getting run out of town eventually mm-hmm. and didn't win a super bowl uh gosh what was it he had he had been coaching i think a, he had been a head coach for more than a decade before he won a super bowl with the chiefs um oh yeah for sure like way a decade yeah um so like is Kyle Shanahan going to remain this era's Andy Reid in the sense that, because you remember, and we've talked about this before too, but like you remember the way Andy Reid was talked about was sort of blasphemous and like he's not any good because of his, you know, late game clock management and always coming up short in the biggest moments, et cetera, et cetera, when really he was like legitimately one of the best coaches in the league. And all he really needed was a Super Bowl to, to put a stamp on his legacy. And now that he has Patrick Mahomes and he's been to, you know, all these Super Bowls that like. He was in year 20 when he won a Super Bowl finally. Yeah. So like. 21. I mean, there's oh my a, God. 21. Sorry. He was in his 21st season as coach before he won a Super Bowl. Yes. So, yeah. Like if Kyle does Kyle Shanahan. Is this another step towards like that frustrating process where on Monday all of the debate shows are talking about Kyle Shanahan choking in the big one? And mm-hmm. is he is he overrated, et cetera, et cetera? When the answer is probably no. 
but it just speaks to the value of winning, actually winning a Super Bowl when you're considered like an elite coach. Because I, I do think there's a faction of people who look at Kyle Shanahan and look at losing the the 28-3 game as the offensive coordinator with the Falcons and like look at all the offensive stuff and still kind of think he's fraudulent because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Despite his obvious influence on the league and, and the fact that there are so many coaches, including Super Bowl winning coaches, mm-hmm. um, like Sean McVay, uh, who, you know, came from his tree. Right. So I just um, that was I the think- point of that question. Like, is Kyle Shanahan it? He he's at a fort like this game sort of represents a fork in the way he's talked about to where, OK, he's this like overrated coach. Who, do, who always mm. like fails in the big one, which I think is dumb, obviously. Sure. Or is he now I, like elevated to like a possible Hall of Fame type coach who might be able to win a couple more? I have some thoughts on this that I'll dive into a little bit more later. Um, but I definitely think it's a possibility that, that he winds up there. I mean, dude, in fact, you know what? There were people calling for him to be fired after 2020 and then after 2021. And then after last year, like there's, there are already people who are just going to be out on him as a head coach unless he wins a Super Bowl. And I think it's worth noting Andy Reid for four consecutive years won multiple playoff games. No, I'm sorry. Uh, was in multiple playoff games, won one, won two, won one, and then got to the Super Bowl with a couple of wins in 2004. So his team was in the playoffs five straight years. They lose the Super Bowl, they go six and 10 the next year. But then they make the playoffs and win a playoff game in 2006. Missed the playoffs in 07. Won two playoff games in 08. And then were one and done in 09 and 10. They go 8 and 8 and 11 in 2011. And then 4 and 12 in 2012. And that's when he got booted. Like He got a long, long leash to get over the hump. And given what infrastructure the 49ers have built under Kyle Shanahan and what he does for them offensively just by virtue of being the offensive coordinator uh, and the the front office and what they've done building this roster. Like, I don't see any reason that Jed or anybody in the organization is going to be like, okay, we're good off this. Goodbye. Anytime. No, there's no, there's no chance. Kyle but, Shanahan but, has more job security than really anybody but Andy Reid, I would, I would argue. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. So I, I think nationally, to your to to answer the question, nationally, yes, the conversation around him will not be kind if they lose the Super Bowl in any fashion. Yeah. But I, I think within within the 49ers organization, they could lose the Super Bowl 100 to nothing, and he's he's rock solid in his job status. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I uh, also you know what? Think... 100 to nothing would be pretty bad. You might have to fire a coach after a hundred to nothing loss. Leave him in Vegas. <laughs> Don't even let him on the plane. It's because like, um, you drank on Monday night, you heathen. I do think, like, if he loses and if Brock plays bad, like, if the Niners lose and Brock plays bad, there's going to be a faction of people. And if... If you're familiar with the media landscape, you could probably guess at the faction um, who these people might be. But there are going to be people going back to the Trey Lance situation and talking about how that was bungled and that that is the reason why the 49ers lost. 
not that I'm not not that I agree with it, but that's going to be like the skeleton in the closet that gets brought back out yeah. if yeah. Brock Purdy doesn't play well. Yeah, a hundred a hundred percent. There was, um, yeah, there was when they traded Trey Lance. There was a large like I. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna. I didn't necessarily think they should they should start Trey Lance this year, but I was super in the camp that they should keep him. But yeah. uh, there were definitely there were definitely questions after they traded Trey Lance of why they didn't just start Trey Lance this year. And the people asking those questions have not had the same question. But you're right. It will come up again if they lose and Purdy doesn't play well. Who's going to hold Kyle Shanahan accountable? Hold his feet to the fire. <laughs> All right. Third one. Um, Are we doing a your turn, my turn thing? Or am I asking all it. of them? Okay. Okay. Uh, so we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but is there oh, wait, anything? No, can... it's my turn. I'm sorry. No, wait, it's your turn. You go. It's my turn to ask. So yeah. we, we've we talked about this a little bit, but is there anything that could happen? I guess I should ask you. Is there anything that could happen that would make Kyle Shannon consider not having Brock Purdy as a long-term QB on Sunday? No. I think there's a big enough sample size for Shanahan that his faith in Brock Purdy is pretty much unwavering. And if he performs poorly in the Super Bowl, it'll be written off as, oh, is his first Super Bowl is a huge game. This player didn't play well. That player didn't play well. This play could have gone different. I, I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think Kyle Shanahan is pretty pretty stout in his faith in in Brock Purdy. Yeah, and I think one point. I agree with you, obviously. And I think one point that needs to be made when it comes to um, anytime you make a decision where oh fire, fire Kyle Shanahan or oh get rid of Brock Purdy, like okay, but what's what's your plan then? Like, what is your replacement strategy? Mm-hmm. And in this case, more than likely, it's going to get Kirk Cousins. Mm. So if you're like out on Brock Purdy and like, oh, he couldn't win the big one. Like, OK, go get Kirk Cousins then. <laughs> you know, like I, dude, I unless here... unless you can pull off a trade like the, that's the thing with this stuff is like there isn't really a scenario where, OK, Brock Purdy was bad in the Super Bowl, but there's not going to be a scenario where like an obvious fix exists, particularly given what Purdy makes like the the contract is, is a huge part of it. Yeah. And that's just, that's just it. You have an expensive ass roster. That's really good. And in the super bowl, by the way, (laughs) they're in the super bowl right now. Well, not right now. They're in Las Vegas. They're in the super bowl on Sunday at three 30 Pacific, but Brock Purdy next year, $1 million cap hit. Brock Purdy in 2025, $1.1 million cap hit. He is 17 and four as a starter in the regular season and four and one as a starter in the playoffs. He could suck ass in the Super Bowl and the 49ers are going to roll with him because there is proof positive they can even win football games in the NFL and he costs them a million goddamn dollars. <laughs> that That's just that. Hey, every NFL team who doesn't have an elite quarterback, would you like a quarterback who can win you games for a million bucks? Yep. All of them would. I think so he's he's their quarterback at least for the next two years, and they're gonna give it a go. I think this this hasn't get like this hasn't gotten enough enough attention, but the fact that Brock Purdy, regardless of whether or not you think he's elite, 
regardless of whether or not you know you you think he's he should should or shouldn't be an MVP candidate. He might have been in these last two years the biggest bargain in sports history when it comes to value provided versus cost. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it's close. Unless yeah. you want to go back to, I don't know, did Kurt Warner win a Super Bowl on on, yes, on a rookie contract? I believe so. Okay, well that's, I mean that's that's what we're talking. So about. did Tom Brady. Okay. So like one of the yeah, one of the best oh, values. Well, hang on. Uh, in history. The Rams won it in ninety nine. Mm-hmm. They won the Super Bowl. As far as I can tell here, he made $250,000. Kurt Warner did? Yeah, that year. Wow. Um, 99, yeah. $250,000 base salary with a $500,000 prorated bonus. He had so a $750,000 was... cap number in 1999. Okay, but so the in terms of cap percentage... One point three percent, and Purdy's got to be what point like six percent. Brock Purdy is this year point four percent. Okay, wild. Point stands best value and best value in NFL history. Should the 49ers win, of course. Um, good work, good work by you. All right, this is this next question is kind of nihilist on your part, but do you want to do the the second one first? I just want sure. to say this. Here's here's the point. I just want to make this point. This is why I wanted to write the question. It's what would be the worst way for the 49ers to lose? Because I was rolling through this, and I might write a piece about this. If you're a 49er fan in your mid-30s, I'm 33 years old. The Kyle Williams thing happens in 2011. 2012, they lose the Super Bowl to the Ravens, where they had the ball on the five-yard line. And couldn't. I was there. Him. You were I there. was there. You were there. 2013, you had the Richard Sherman tip to Malcolm Smith for Correct. an interception in Seattle in the NFC Championship game. 2015 is Jim Tom Sula. Or no, excuse me. 2014 is the mess that was the end of the Jim Harbaugh era. 2015 was Jim Tom Sula. 2016 is Chip Kelly. 2017 was the first Kyle Shanahan year where they start 1-10. 2018, Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL. 2019, they lose the Super Bowl after having a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Like, there's just so many. And then they dropped Joukowsky Tart interception in the 21 NFC title game, and Brock Purdy gets hurt in the 22 NFC title game. There's just no... There's... There's... It's hard to find ways that the 49ers could lose on Sunday and have it be like, wow, that was bad. Like, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of 49er fans are just kind of numb to it at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way that a Chiefs win on Sunday could be like, wow, that was a new level, is if they blow another late lead. So that's ultimately the question to me is, is getting blown out better than than blowing a late lead? So you think... Because yeah, if they lose, if you they get, lose thirty-one to thirteen, it's just like, well, 
Dang. If you get blown out, it feels like it invalidates all of the excitement that was created this season because this was this was a pretty charged season from like an excitement standpoint. Yeah, no doubt. No, no, I, I, I'm totally with you, but you can write that off as dang, you know what? Got beat by Patrick Mahomes in a, in a big game. Didn't play their best, you know, whatever. If you blow another late lead now, that question of like, Hey, should they move forward with Kyle Shanahan (laughs) comes to the fore. (laughs) because now this is a lot of different players on this team and you still can't hold on to like that would be bad that would be hard to swallow yeah i mean if you smoke another late one oh damn yeah i i kind of i'm i'm kind of with you because if you get Um, blown out you just lost right if you get the rug ripped out from under you again oh yeah i don't know man yeah, no, that's true because they had there have been so many heartbreaking ways that it's that it's ended. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Another 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 blown late lead would be tough. Yeah, it just tough. getting blown out though. Getting blown out would suck from the standpoint of like everyone went all in on this team, like including us or including me. Mm-hmm. being like this is the best team they've had since 94 since the last time they won the super yeah. bowl like this is a better team than 2019 um certainly better offense but yeah no i blowing another lead that would be okay i think we we're in agreement the most satisfying way to win i mean for overcoming me, like, a late deficit <laughs> if they just housed them if yes, they just blew them I out agree. i agree if it if it looked like the steelers game or the jaguars game mm-hmm. or any number one of the Niners blowouts against like the Cowboys good teams, the Eagles, yeah, the Cowboys, the Eagles game. Oh, like, you said pretty good like... teams. Take the Eagles out of there. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean that. The Eagles are good. Um, it, If it looks like that, I think that would be the most satisfying one because it would just be for Niners fans. It would just be a party the entire game. I don't think yeah, that's going to happen. You talked about that would be the most satisfying one. No, I totally, I, 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 I think I agree with you. Although being down two scores to Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter and having a Brock Purdy led offense overcome a two score deficit against Patrick Mahomes would be pretty nuts. Hey, it's Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And I'm here to talk to you about my new favorite thing about football season, and that's prize picks. It's Daily Fantasy Sports, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's easy, exciting. And that's my two favorite things to have in daily fantasy football. It's there's quick withdrawals. It's easy gameplay. There's so many selections of players and stat types that make prize picks. The number one daily fantasy sports app. And I know you're probably worried about like daily fantasy sports. Oh, there's pros and there's sharks and there's all these people that dedicate their lives to just winning a daily fantasy. Well, no, no, no. This is just you. You pick more than or less than on two to six players to create an entry And those two to six players, you pick more than or less than on their stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. It is so easy. And PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. There's like Taco Tuesday, where every Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25%. That gives you even more value. And my very favorite part of all this, PrizePix offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So... 
Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. You can jump in and get Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, George Kittle. Slam the more than and root like heck for those guys to go more than those projections. It's, I'm telling you. It's the very best way to consume football. So prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are, are dressing themselves in. Uh, maybe it's the, maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that. And it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. They also have kids, uh, kid sizes on here too. Yes, that and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, yeah. We we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you, or a child, or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. CANDLESTICK20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Shout out to them. We really appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high-quality clothing. Join the herd today. You know what would be funny? Say it goes exactly like the Eagles game, right? Mm-hmm. and Brock Purdy has like a perfect day mm-hmm. I think that would also like people would think less of Brock Purdy if the Niners blew out the Eagles and he was like perfect throughout the entire game I mean the Chiefs. basically just like reaffirming what we saw throughout the season whereas if Brock Purdy was terrible in the first half and then let a comeback drive <laughs> in the fourth Dude, quarter totally right. people would be like oh this guy's got it he's proved <laughs> that- all the doubters wrong that's that's the dialogue I need is is Niners Niners win 38 to to 20 yeah. and Purdy has a like you said a Eagles like game but it's all like yak it's just short throws <laughs> and you're like yeah he won a Super Bowl but I mean really did he that's that's what I need came back from 17 down against the lions and it's like yeah but did he really come back like yes (laughs) look at the freaking scoreboard god was his epa per play okay i'll look at points actual points added apa just for the disc the sake of like the purdy discourse a niners blowout would be like the best thing because that's where it would get to the most ridiculous levels yes in yes. the sense that people like the Niners blowing out the Chiefs, it would do less for Brock Purdy than him playing like shit for three quarters and then winning in the fourth. Yeah, I to- I totally agree. <laughs> and it would be really, really funny. We'd be like, wait, 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 hold on. 
Brock Purdy just blew out the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and somehow he's overrated. <laughs> like, that's what we're doing. Um, really no, but good. to your to your point about if they get blown out, it would invalidate kind of this entire season. If they win via blowout, it would validate everything. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, everything that they did during this season was real instead of like, oh, well, they barely beat the Packers, they barely beat the Lions, and now they're here but what is this team really if they just go thump the chiefs it'd be like yep that's that's yeah it's 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 kyle shanahan's masterpiece right and everybody everybody it would be really funny because all the talking head shows would 100 percent. in fact you know what um i can hear it now our guy kevin clark friend of the program on his podcast this is football being like sometimes we overanalyze this and sometimes the best team is just right in front of us and the 49ers are the best team all year it was so obvious Blah 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 blah. That's how yeah, go. yeah. And honestly, like I think that's the best case for the Niners. Like if you're if you're look trying to look for, you know, points or or, or evidence the Niners are going to win on Sunday. To me, that's it. Yep. Like they were the better team throughout the entire season, but coming on the heels of the Chiefs beating Baltimore, where the there was that same analysis going into that game. That's you know, obviously where that could fall flat, but we'll see. That's why they play the game, Kyle. You know what? It sure is. Who's an underrated offensive X factor for you? As we preview this game, we'll talk plenty about your Christian McCaffrey's and George Kittle and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, et cetera, et cetera. But who's an underrated player who may not come up over the course of our regular previews? Juwan Jennings. Mm. Right. Okay. Like, he, Juwan Jennings is going to, like, for the 49ers to win, there's going to be a Juwan Jennings random third down conversion on a scoring drive, mm-hmm. right? Like the one in the NFC Championship game where Purdy's rolling left and throws that ridiculous pass across his body to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And Jennings makes a one handed catch. Um, I, Jennings is sort of like, he epitomizes that X factor, right? Because you yeah. can have, you know, third and long as a defense, you can have a great plan for Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. Mm-hmm. But chances are you're not going to have a great plan for the fifth eligible. And that's Jennings is often the fifth eligible in those scenarios. And he's, they he's should have super a nickname for him. Like third and third and Jennings. Yeah. Jennings on third down. Mm, yeah. We'll workshop it. Third and um, third and long find Juwan. Ooh, I think we're getting there. I think we're close. I think we're nailing it. We'll workshop this for sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe cut it down a little bit. <laughs> um, but he Juwan on third. <laughs> close. <laughs> Inch and forward. <laughs> um, yeah, he he to me is like epitomizes X factor. Because if he's, you know, if you win a close game, there's a good chance that you're looking back and there's like, you know, it's three catches for 42 yards, but two of them are third down conversions. Yeah. Um, and and got to have it moments. Yeah. Could also see him getting a touchdown on like a rub route with George Kittle or Debo Samuel or somebody where he's just kind of wide open because everybody's collapsing on the middle of the field. We saw that. I think it was in Philly in week two of 2021 where he had a walk-in touchdown because a corner, a safety, and a linebacker all followed George Kittle on an inbreaker. So 
or maybe Kyle Shanahan dials up the uh, the Debo Samuel pass play, mm. like in the finale of the twenty one season against the Rams. Jennings had a big game. Yeah, yeah, it's another great call. I'm gonna go with John Feliciano. Can they block Chris Dude, Jones, are, bro? You are such a football guy. <laughs> you know I am. I've been grinding a lot of film. No, I it, we we we've talked about this ad nauseum every year since since the 2020 offseason. Improving the interior of the offensive line because they need to stop Chris Jones and Aaron Donald in big spots. Yeah. And dude, Chris Jones is a monster and not not great against the run, but a dominant pass rusher, a absolute game wrecker, and I think John Feliciano is going to get a lot of work against him. So I think if if they can keep Chris Jones from filling up the stat sheet, I think the Niners have a really, really good chance to score a lot of points. Yeah. That's no, it's a good answer. call. Thanks. Good call. <laughs> Kyle Kyle Brandon Thorne Madsen. Yeah. Just <laughs> I, I need to see the physicality in his hands. And if right, I the see shock that, in his hands. I, yeah, if I see that <laughs> if I see that early. <laughs> Then, uh, then we'll know what kind of game it's going to be. Needs to get some sand in his ass for this one. <laughs> uh, let's oh, jump man. over to the others out of the ball. What about on defense? Uh, I'm going to go with Jair Brown. Oh, okay. Because the version of the 49ers winning this game probably means limiting Travis Kelsey. Sure. In big spots. Um, and if I'm the Chiefs, I'm trying to figure out ways to get Travis Kelsey on the rookie Jair Brown uh, rather than Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, right? Mm-hmm. So whether those are deeper routes, um, whatever, I, I would imagine Andy Reid, and, and maybe it's not even Travis Kelsey, maybe it's um, some of the receivers uh, or pass catchers out of the backfield. But if I'm looking at the Niners defense and I'm trying to find guys to exploit, the safeties are probably where I'd start. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you could make a very similar case to Ambry Thomas. And maybe Ambry Thomas is a guy that Andy Reid targets. Mm-hmm. But it's either, to me, it's either Jair Brown or, or um, Ambry Thomas. And I think you could, I think Gip, Tayshawn Gibson is a really, really smart player and positionally sound. Um, athletically, he's not, you know, he's not exactly Kyle Hamilton out there, but he is. No, sure not. Um, he is a smart player, so he's not going to be like out of position, but I think in turn, like you, a, a rookie in a secondary in a super bowl, I just think that's, that's probably the guy you target with, you know, your all time tight end. And so if Jair Brown has a good game, I think that, that would go, that would be huge for the Niners. Um, if Jair Brown has a bad game, I have a hard time envisioning the 49ers winning a game where he's getting victimized over and over again. Yeah, I'm not sure this is a an underrated X factor, but it goes along the same lines and it's Dre Greenlaw. Um I know he gets talked about a lot, but I I think for a lot of the same things you just said about Jair Brown, if Dre Greenlaw is missing tackles and picking up a bad 15-yard penalty and running the wrong way on whatever weird run stuff Andy Reid has planned. Uh, we're gonna look at another game where a team has six plus yards before contact against against San Francisco. 
have we had a Dre Greenlaw personal foul in the playoffs? No. Knock it on wood. I don't, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Niners aren't due for one. But yeah. it, it would hardly be surprising to see Greenlaw body slamming Travis Kelsey. Oh God. On like a third stepping. on like a third and eight. <laughs> he stops him short. For six and just <laughs> like the re- the refs like whistling the the end of forward progress and then Greenlaw slams him. Uh, just suplexes it. Oh god. Yeah. And oh. then they cut to Taylor Swift and she's horrified. And then Swifty Nation is like making Trey Greenlaw public enemy number one. <laughs> and then we find out the the album, the breakup album coming out on April 19th is going to be all about how angry she is at Trey Greenlaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Personal foul, Taylor's version. <laughs> nice, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm going to pick Dre Greenlaw. I love your Jire Brown pick, though. Thank you. I would have picked um, Jire Brown, but you did that. So, Yeah. Um, am I asking this next one or you? Yeah, you can. Which 49er would you bet on for Super Bowl MVP? Great question, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking me that. I... I kind of want to say Debo Samuel, but I think the very obvious answer to me is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I was going to say McCaffrey too. So, okay, so we're both on McCaffrey. Let me I'll let I'll let you talk about that. I will make the case for Debo Samuel. Um he had a huge game in in Super Bowl 54. 54? Yeah, 54. He set the record for rushing yards by a receiver in a Super Bowl. Yeah, he was he was awesome. And he hasn't been as big of a factor there this year. And we've seen time and time again that the 49ers in the biggest spots when they need some kind of spark from their offense go to Debo Samuel. Maybe it's a screen, maybe it's something in the run game, maybe it's a a third down where Purdy just has to fit a, a throw in a tight window. He makes a tough grab, breaks a tackle, and has a couple of big plays. I, I could I could see a scenario where this is like a 20 to 17 game. Purdy turns it over a couple of times. Um the Chiefs really commit to stopping the run, and it's a Debo Samuel explosive that sets up a touchdown, and then another Debo Samuel touchdown, and he has nine touches for hundred and 38 yards with a with a touchdown and he just kind of owns the game he's plus 2500 according to bet mgm so wow. i uh it's a hundred dollar bet wins you 2500 bucks if he wins it so that's where i'm gonna go uh for for the sake of our discussion i like that bet um and if you think about one of the things chiefs defensive coordinator steve spagnola is really good at it's blitzing, right? Mm-hmm. But if Kyle Shanahan catches the right blitz and it's a tunnel screen to Debo, like that could be a 70 yard touchdown in, in a hurry, yep. right? Yep. Um, so from that perspective, I absolutely like the Debo Samuel pick for sure. Um, but I think McCaffrey to me is is the relatively easy choice because I think the most likely version of the Niners winning 
is McCaffrey getting 140 yards and two or three touchdowns. Yeah. And just kind of being the guy like, yep. Um, Cause that, you know, like the Niners are loaded with some really good, like top of the line players, like guys you consider the best at their position at a few different spots mm-hmm. to me right now. I think McCaffrey is the dude who, who feels like the guy like I would be aside. I guess Trent Williams is there for sure. Like in terms of like guy, I envision putting on a gold jacket in Canton, Ohio, like Trent mm-hmm. Williams for sure. But in terms of like, when you're talking about Fred Warner, George Kittle, uh, Nick Bosa, McCaffrey, Debo, like, I think McCaffrey is the one most likely a guy that, that will end up being in Canton as a hall of famer. Yeah. And Sunday, you know, winning Super Bowl MVP with 150 all-purpose yards and two or three touchdowns feels like a feather in that cap, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. That's the most the most likely scenario for the Niners winning is McCaffrey having a big game. I don't see yep. any scenario where the Niners win the game and McCaffrey's got, like, 15 carries for 47 yards. You know, like, that just doesn't yeah. doesn't seem likely. Yeah, not yeah. I don't I don't think so either. Brock and the is, way Brock is plus two thirty, McCaffrey is plus four fifty. Yeah, I mean, so hundred dollar bet on Christian McCaffrey wins you four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, there's mm. definitely a world where Brock wins it for sure. I just think any version the world... of the Niners winning includes a big game for McCaffrey, particularly yeah. given the way the Chiefs defend. Yeah, that that's just it. Is they want to make you run the ball and at least typically we'll see what that's what they did against the Ravens and the Ravens just fed right into it, which is crazy. Um, they did not run it very often. I think the 49ers will run it and, and run it a lot, but if the Chiefs sell out to stop the run and it's just Brock Purdy kind of playing point guard and Brandon, Ayuk has a good day and Debo has a good day and Kittle and McCaffrey, just everybody kind of has a good day and Purdy winds up with 21 of, of, 27 for 290 yards and three touchdowns that could that would that would probably get it for him so um next one Uh, i guess i'm gonna rephrase this one hang on real quick hang on real quick Mm -hmm. before we go to that um what was the one i was just looking at where is it my favorite like longest long shot is uh Fred Warner plus 20,000. So, so he would need wins you $20,000. You're rooting for a low scoring game and like a pick six. A pick six and maybe like a sack and a forced fumble or something. Yeah. It in would a, be in a 13 to 6 game. Multiple takeaways, right? Yeah. yeah. It would require multiple takeaways in a, in yeah. a win for sure. What's Nick yeah. Bosa? Uh, plus twelve thousand five hundred. Same as Chris Jones. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I so I I put this question uh, and I, I want to change it. I I, I have okay. it as a yes or no question, but I want to change it to to something a little bit different. How would we view Jed York if the Forty ers win the Super Bowl? And the initial question I posed was, would he be vindicated from all the uh, 
all the stuff he dealt with early on in his tenure as 49ers CEO. I, I honestly, I think he's already there. Like the yeah. on the vindicated okay. part of this, I think he's already there. Because I mean, go look at go look at any of the videos of him talking at last was that last week where he yeah. where he spoke with media. Uh, go look at comments from Niner fans. It's all like, wow, he's grown up so much and this and that. And our guy Juan Padilla was in the chat actually talking about this on on YouTube. He was like, Jed, you know, used to have his hands and everything and he did the right thing and just took a step back and let the football people run it. And and I think that's kind of how he's already viewed. But yeah, if you win a Super Bowl, he is a stamped right there with his with his uncle as a as a 49er legend, for sure. Okay. And yeah, he's grown I up think, a lot, and it, it just it shows in the way that he operates. Hiring Kyle Shanahan and allowing him to pick John Lynch was probably the best thing that he ever did, and it's probably not close. I I, um, I would agree. I personally am in the camp, and you know, people who who listen to this pod probably know that I I'm not the biggest Jim Harbaugh guy. Um, what? <laughs> I like your sweatshirt, but, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm clearly biased against Jim Harbaugh um, (laughs) because I went to Ohio State. No, so, but I I think Jed gets kind of a bad rap like he was the only bad actor in that whole scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was a super inexperienced owner, a psychopath head coach, and a power-hungry GM. Or, I guess, power-hungry slash, like, stubborn GM. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really toxic mix of all three. And I think the way people view that was just like, oh, Jim Harbaugh is infallible because he's this gregarious coach who we love to hear say wild stuff. And he, you know, pounds on Alex Smith's shoulder pads and brought the 49ers back to relevancy. And I, I get all that, but I just, it was, it's not to me as clear cut as like, Harbaugh's the good guy, Jed's the bad guy, which I think is is how how it felt like it was being digested as it happened. Right. right. So I, I like and and that's not to say Jed was without fault at all. Um, I think it's Trent Balky's fault. Well, Jed did a lot of empowering of Trent Balky too. Mm-hmm. Like that was he ultimately picked Trent Balky who then was allowed to make two more hires post right post Jim Harbaugh. Um, but anyway, like to your point, hiring Shanahan and Shanahan, and this is probably a different discussion, but Shanahan's one of his superpowers is probably hiring people just in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Like whether it's picking John Lynch or whether it's, um, any number of the assistants he's had or picking defensive coordinators, right? Mm. Like you could look at basically, I mean, we, we don't fully know how we feel about Steve Wilkes just yet. I mean, he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, if he wins the Super Bowl and the defense plays well Sunday, then obviously the Steve Wilkes hire will have proven to be a good one. Mm-hmm. But like the other two defensive coordinators that he's hired were wildly successful and ended up getting head coaching jobs elsewhere um, mm-hmm. on top of the other offensive assistants that Shanahan's hired who have become head coaches elsewhere or successful coordinators elsewhere. Um, so 
Jed York hiring that guy and Kyle Shanahan has been has ultimately been the thing that has redeemed him, in my opinion. But I don't yep. think it was the and, Super Bowl for sure is like the crowning achievement. And Jed would tell you that. Yeah, and and continuing to extend Shanahan and Lynch and not letting it get to a point of, oh, entering a entering a contract year either win the right. super bowl or else like it, that right, that's right, right. stupid getting getting stability is just so essential for an nfl team and i think and Jed, underrated yeah yeah big time St- i think stability a, might be the most underrated thing in the league yeah and i think jed was a huge uh catalyst behind the instability that we saw with them yeah. and yeah. now he's a a big reason that that they've found that and that they've been successful. Like five year Super Bowl windows are really hard to open in the NFL. And especially and if you just, don't have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. And the Niners have have done that in large part because of of it's more what Jed hasn't done, but the fact that he hired the right people and it got out of the way. I, I think he's already vindicated, but yeah, Super Bowl would be the 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 ultimate kind of validation. That is pretty wild that the 49ers have had the Super Bowl window for going on five years now without an elite quarterback. With three different starting quarterbacks week one. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. How many, hang on, how many different starting quarterbacks have they had? Here we go. Jimmy, Nick Mullins, CJ Beth, Brian Brian Hoyer. Uh, Sorry, since 2019 during the Super Bowl window. Uh, Jimmy, Trey, Josh Johnson. No, Josh Johnson never started a game. Sam Darnold, he started one. Am I missing anything? That's it. Six different quarterbacks have started in five years, including he had what three straight, um, three straight seasons with three get three guys who started quarterback or twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Trey and then Brock. Wow. Yeah. Wild. And somehow um, Tom Brady never became a 49er. Bananas. Well, we'll see this offseason. All right. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> last one. You know, he's still number 11 in Steven Ruiz's rankings. So maybe he'll see that <laughs> and want to strap him back up. Uh, let's talk about the stars real quick. Wait, Trent hold Williams. on. Oh. Speaking of Steven Ruiz, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, can can we hit up your Rolodex and see if we can get Steve Ruiz to come on the pod? Absolutely zero chance he would, but sure, I'll hit him up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he already said he'd quit this job if Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl. So he might need to, you know, get his name out there. Yeah. <laughs> Trent Williams, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Christian McCaffrey. Which of this quartet has their legacy benefit most from a Super Bowl win? So I think it's McCaffrey um, because I, I do think he's the guy mm. that's most most likely set for – I mean, it's Trent, Trent Williams. I mean, you could make a great case for Trent Williams. I, I mean, so, but Trent's already Hall of Famer. I think right. McCaffrey might need a, a big Super Bowl performance to get in the Hall of Fame. So I'll, I'll stick with McCaffrey. Boy. I think there's – I, I I think Kittle and Warner are in the same boat here for me. Yeah. Where like F- Frank Gore and Patrick Willis 
are like mm-hmm. 49ers goddamn legends. Jersey's retired. I don't know if they've officially been retired, but they should be. Jersey's retired like all-timers in in 49ers lore. Mm-hmm. Stamped un- unquestioned. If right now George Kittle and Fred Warner are kind of on that same track, but if they win a Super Bowl, I think both of them elevate to a different level on a on a national scale. Now all of a sudden you're looking at Fred Warner has a very good Hall of Fame resume. Like I think CMC could get there without uh, a Super Bowl. But okay. Fred Warner all of a sudden is a three-time first team all-pro and a Super Bowl champion and the the leader of this defense that was awesome for half a decade plus um and George Kittle now has these gaudy numbers and he's been so good and he's the best all-around tight end in the league. Oh, and now he has a Super Bowl to his name along with all his all-pros and Pro Bowl accolades. I just I I think that they jump up a a tier in the all-timer type of category with with the Super Bowl. Like Trent Williams is there to me. Christian McCaffrey is probably a couple of good regular seasons from from getting there. I think Kittle and and Warner could would benefit the most from a from a Super Bowl. Is it fair to say and if I have if to pick were, one, I'm going with Kittle more than Warner. Okay. If you were, do you like, okay, do you think anyone will wear number 85 or 54 post Kittle and Warner for the Niners again? Oh, dang. Mm. Does you remember I'm, like, the Dude, Niners Joe, were Joe Staley's number is already being worn. <laughs> like right, that's that was kind of wild. That's where and that's where like is that the case if they win the 2019 Super Bowl and then he hangs them up? And that's that's where if if George Kittle is is plays out his contract what's he got 2 years left. If he plays out his contract and then goes and plays 4 years elsewhere and finishes up his career and they don't win this Super Bowl, then no, I think somebody else wears 85. Like Vernon Davis had a hell of a career and he wore 85. (laughs) Um, It's so uh, I think, I think Warner's probably kind of in the same boat, although it depends again on, on where the, where he plays the rest of his career. Whereas I think if they win Super Bowls here, then I think it changes a little bit. Man, Kittle's 30. He's been in the league. This is his seventh season. So, like, I mean, yeah, we. It's tough to say. Like, can we comfortably say that George Kittle is going to be going to play for the Niners for ten years? I would bet no on that. If the over unders at nine and a half, I'm taking the under. Yeah, because it would be you'd be going into a season with 33 year old George Kittle, who's needed shoulder surgery now for <laughs> six years at least. It's interesting. That's so gnarly that he's as good as he is with just a torn labrum in his shoulder. Yeah. I think I think Kittle and Warner will both um will both be the last players to wear their respective numbers. You'll probably get another seventy one. And this is not to diminish anything Trent Williams no, has accomplished, but given that enough. yeah, given that he was just kind of like acquired via trade and mm. um wasn't wasn't a homegrown, home developed 
Like it's it is pretty crazy to think about as good as and valuable as Warner and Kittle have been that they were fifth and third round picks. Really nuts. <laughs> really, really crazy. Yeah, um, I I so much changes with one Super Bowl though, man. Like so much changes. With, well, like with that. Bryant Young won a Super Bowl and was like the perfect 49er. And, you know, Nick Bosa's wearing 97. That's kind of wild. Was Bosa... Bosa wasn't wasn't even the first one to wear it after Bryant Young. It wasn't like, okay, we'll dust this off and take it out of retirement. Gosh. Hey, what do you think? I have a question just while we're Hmm. here, and then we can go. If Christian McCaffrey came back next year and went into Jed York's office or whoever is on in charge of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't Jeremiah Atachu wear 97? Sounds right. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, D- uh, Dakota Watson, obviously. God. <laughs> Host of 49ers Dakota Watson. Much? Dakota Watson like leads leads the Kyle Shanahan era in like random special teams dude who looks like a complete badass in his uniform. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> hey, he like had a couple of number, sacks in 2018. The, the way the pads fit, he was just like crazy athletic looking and he was just kind of like a fringe fringe edge rusher just... but like special teams demon. Dude, just Dion Jordan ass player, bro. <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked crazy in a, in a uniform. But yeah, I guess he wore ninety seven. Right. So Christian McCaffrey, Christian on McCaffrey, the active... go ahead, real quick. No, you real quick. Point, if Chris. he pulls up, because twenty one is de facto retired. They haven't officially retired it yet, but Frank Gore's jersey is de facto hung up. It, it'll probably happen next year, I would guess. If Christian McCaffrey walked in to Jed York's office and said, I want to wear 21. Do you think they let him? Do you think they make him ask Frank Gore? He probably asked Frank Gore, right? Yeah, I mean, Frank Gore is in the building. He works for the team. <laughs> Frank's um, just next door listening to the whole conversation. <laughs> just like, what? I don't think so. I think I think Frank is Jed's favorite player of all time. <laughs> Same, so. Yeah. Um. So Christian McCaffrey is currently eighth on the active rushing list. Eighth. Wow. So he, he definitely needs like a few more seasons. Um, but I guess that's just rushing yards. Let me look at um Yeah, scrimmage do yards. We have be up there. Scrimmage yards, all purpose yards. Or no yards from scrimmage, that's what we want. Yeah. Uh career. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is an active. Okay, this is this is just Gore would definitely let him wear twenty one. Rushers, LTD. Mm Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from looking this up right now. But um, he's six in rushing. I'm guessing he's probably top five in total scrimmage yards. The point being, like, he's. He's behind Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, Zeke Elliott, and Derrick Henry. 
Good so Lord. he's he does have some some more compiling to do to get to Hall of Fame. He's levels. tenth in scrimmage yards. Active. Yes. Yeah. So he's he's he needs like four or five more years of like fifteen hundred yards. He's number three among to... running backs though, behind okay. Zeke and Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah I think when I... Uh, get, given what he did in what twenty eighteen. That year where, where he had a thousand, thousand and a thousand, and then mm-hmm. what he did this year, if he has like three or four more seasons like akin to that, um, yeah. or akin to this year, then I definitely think he's he's a Hall of Famer, particularly if he, you know, wins a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, he's second team all pro, two first teamers, uh three time Pro Bowler, finished third in offensive player of the year voting in nineteen, finished seventh last year, and he's probably going to win it this year. year. He'll be top three. While leading the league in touchdowns twice, scrimmage yards twice. So he led the league in rushing, scrimmage yards, and did he he lead in touchdowns this year? Yeah. Might have tied for the lead with Mostert. So if he led the league in all those categories, yeah, he should win Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um... That's all I got. Stuff. Burning question for the Super Bowl. Um, this is our second pot of the week. We are hoping to do at least one more. I'm going to... Jake gonna Moody attempts do... two field goals. Are you going over or under one and a half made field goals? Makes? Mm-hmm. If he kicks what's, two. What's the, what are the yardages? Any of them from 40 plus? Yeah, between thirty, we'll say between thirty-eight and fifty yards. One of them or both of them? Both of them are in that range. Under for sure. <laughs> he goes two for two on like reasonably long kicks. I will be stunned. Me too. He's there is no doubt. Like the 49ers have to plan on winning this game by four points. They have to they have to assume that this game is starting three nothing in favor of the Chiefs because Jake Moody is gonna push one to the right. Stop. <laughs> tell they, me I'm wrong though. Like fourth, tell me I'm fourth wrong. <laughs> first quarter, first drive, fourth and four from the Chiefs forty two yard line. Do you go for it? Sorry, say it again. First drive of the game, fourth mm-hmm. and four from the Chiefs' 42-yard line. Do they go for it or kick it? You're looking at 49, 50-yard field goal. From the 42? Yeah. From the 32. 42 is 60. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 30. Yeah, 32. Um. Yeah, I'm going for it. I think I am, too. I'm going for it. I got all the dudes like it. If there's a team that is designed to go for it on fourth and short medium, it's the Niners. What about fourth and five? I'll I'll kick it. <laughs> fourth and four, you're going fourth and five too far. Uh, I I will hope that. I'm gonna gonna write this on the on the whiteboard pregame in the locker room. Win first and second down. <laughs> hey hey, keys to the game is next episode. Come on. <laughs> so you so if you throw an incompletion on third down it's fourth and three instead of fourth and six yeah or fourth and five yeah 
All right, that's it for us. We'll have more Super Bowl preview content coming to you later on in the week. Maybe some props, maybe a guest. We'll have some fun with it. Can't wait. Countdown to Sunday is on. Subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast, or just search Candlestick Chronicles on YouTube. We'll be right there. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Please like our videos. That helps us a ton with the almighty algorithm. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast or to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe if you have not already done that. And if you have friends who are Niner fans who are getting amped up for the game, tell them about it. Tell them. We'd appreciate it immensely. Um, That's it for us. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.